I'm also looking to really value my employees more than I did. I, I'm not saying I didn't value them, but I like they are the bread and butter of the business. Like, yeah, there's you can never go too far in treating them well. So really making sure that I got my mindset on on events and, and culture, uh, because I know that with that comes a profitable and a prosperable business. However, the goal is a million dollars, which is a nice, big, hairy goal. If there's yeah. anything by that, uh, I wouldn't. It wouldn't scare me enough, so that the goal definitely scares me. And however, it's there is there. I do have seeds of belief that is possible. Uh, I'm not gonna say I have fully hundred percent belief that it's gonna be done because that means the goal is too small. But yeah. I do I do believe that is but it is possible with the proper team and the proper work. Um, so that is the goal, uh, and I'm very excited to go crush Oops. it. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Really, really excited for uh, this podcast. I know we've been we've been planning it for a while, uh, and we've been delaying just because we wanted to see exactly where Justin Georgopoulos was going to end up this season. So, uh, uh, so uh, Justin Georgopoulos broke the all time rookie record and did over four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, and um, which is the previous record was $225,000. So, so I guess literally double the all-time rookie record and just absolutely such a fantastic interview. I knew it was going to be, uh, and we, we, we had to, we had to wait until the season was over to be able to host, host the interview. So we dug into all sorts of really great stuff, mindset, uh, the Winhoff method, uh, stoicism, we we really walk through his season for people to understand the type of impact he had, the type of results he had. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I really want to point out is, is Justin last year at this time, when he joined the program, started reaching out to our veteran operators, started reaching out to people who were involved in our program and to learn about the program, to learn how he could have an amazing season. And he found so many people so willing to coach him and make a difference. And so that's something that he was really pointing to and certainly something that he's willing to sort of support others to uh, have fantastic seasons. And as we talk about on the podcast here, let your light shine, you know, to become the best you possible. So you know what we're up to it. We are just nearing the end of our recruiting season. Um, and we're full in a lot of markets and we've got some markets available. So if you know of some leaders interested in an incredible leadership opportunity, please send them my way. You can send me any information or questions or any feedback for me. See Thompson at studentworks.com. You can send a buddy this podcast or a friend this podcast. You can send them to studentworks.com. And thanks so much for listening. Have an unbelievably fantastic day. Justin, so excited to finally get you on the podcast. Congratulations on an amazing first season. Thank you, Chris. It is an absolute honor to be here. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, no, I love it. Um, you know, one of the things uh, that I always love uh, interviewing are 
our top operators. And I know these are actually the most listened to podcasts. I know we get amazing alumni on the, sh on the show, but it's really great to hear about just real life. Like, you know, this just happened. You just did $450,000 as a first year operator. It's absolutely incredible. And I know people are going to want to, you know, hear about it. So this is fantastic. So explain what you were like before the program. Yeah. Okay. So before student works, I had drive for sure. I had drive. However, I didn't have any like, somewhere to channel it. So I had mm -hmm. my, my hands in a bunch of different areas. Um, I was, I was butchering at a butcher shop for minimum wage. Um, I was reading books on consciousness and mindfulness, studying psychology. Um, and then I was practicing the Wim Hof method, which I became an instructor. However, like organization out the window, um, integrity, didn't really know what that was. Didn't practice it that much. Kind of gave my word here and there. Sometimes would follow through. Sometimes wouldn't. Um, no, no planning days. Like, just uh, kind of going with the flow. Right. Okay. Okay. So, what had you come join us? Yeah. So I was reached out, or I, I think I actually reached out in first year when I saw some uh, advertisements and decided to check out what it was like. I had an info session uh, with Joe and then with uh, with Luke uh, Fen. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't glamorous enough. I thought, you know, painting this is old school. I want to be like online entrepreneur. Uh, so I, I brushed it aside and, and went to just do my own thing. My own thing didn't really have a, a vision in mind. So my own thing wasn't doing much. And uh, yeah. my brother actually is the barber for Joe Kim and a bunch of the other operators. Yeah. And he's saying, he's saying man, like these guys are well put together. They're always early. They're getting their haircut every two weeks. They're sharp as a tack. You should really check out what they're, what they're doing. So yeah. It was actually funny. I was going for a run and, and kind of popped in to say hey to my brother unannounced. And uh, he, he gave me a quick fade. And then Joe Kim comes in right after. Uh, so it was just perfect timing. That led to an info session, uh, which actually led to me. I was still working at RibFest at the time. And I was on the fence about doing student works. Just finished my info session a couple of days ago with Joe. And I'm at this hotel uh, in Etobicoke after we set up the Rib station. And it's, it's called the Sandman Grove pretty sure. And Sandman uh, Hotel. Sandman yeah, Hotel. Yes. And that's where you guys do your uh, your um, recruiting training. Yes. yes. So I see the sign on the door when I'm looking for the gym. And I thought if this isn't a sign that but literally it's a sign. So I got to follow it. So I called Joe back up. I said, I'm, I'm in. And then, yeah. Great. It's, it's interesting. Uh, you and I both believe in those types of signs, uh, synchronicity, you know, like there are things you know, all of a sudden, well, hey, I just was reading this and this happened. Like there's there's something to life. Like do you, it, it, I, 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 I get the sense that you're a big believer in that. Oh, 100 percent. Like uh, Carl Jung coined the term synchronicity. And my uncle is actually a Jungian analyst. So I was huh? I was I, I grew up with with this idea that belief is a very strong, uh, has a very strong role in your life. And um, my dad always told me what you believe and like you can you can you can see you can achieve. Yes. Um, and I noticed that when I do put my mind on something or when, when you do speak on something or uh, you really give something attention, a lot of times if it's if it's pure and it has proper intention behind it, like you will see little things line up. Yeah. So you know, Joe Dispenza says like synchronicities are breadcrumbs from the universe kind of showing you you're on the right path, which I think is is a cool way to say it. Yeah. And, and I think I think there's a couple of things. And one of the things I like to point out is is that is that synchronicities. I think some of it is you were looking and you saw, 
right? You were already looking and then, oh, okay. So, so I think it's, it's some, sometimes it's like you buy a new car and then all of a sudden you can't notice, but look, and you see all these, I know Volkswagens or Lexuses or whatever you're driving F-150s. Yeah, for sure. I remember uh, when I played uh, Grand Theft Auto, you, you'd get in a certain car and you start seeing that car everywhere. Uh, and in psychology, I learned it's the reticular activating system. Yes. So it's the thing in your brain where you prime it by your thoughts. Uh, yes. So I'm not all, I'm not just saying it's all spiritual. There's definitely bio, biology involved. And I, yes. and I think that's awesome, really learning what we're capable of, capable of as humans with visions and with goals uh, yep. and priming yourself to start looking for opportunity. Yeah. And then the other piece, and I know you're you're about that, Justin, is action. So I know sometimes people get, oh, yeah, I've got this belief. I've got this vision for my life, but they're not getting off the couch. So, no, you know, visions, belief with action. That's what's going to get a great life. And that's what's going to get a great summer. So, yeah. So so what do you think top top performers are, are, are doing different that you've noticed? Well. Top performers are, are are putting their attention on what they want. Um, they're really mapping out, like creating a vision for themselves, understanding where they want to go. I think that's a, such a key thing. Um, and yeah. then creating whys behind why they want to do what they want to do. So having that that launch pad, that basis of, of why do you want to go and operate at a, at a high level? Who's going to be impacted? Uh, just creating more of a, of a reasons why and, and creating this, uh, yeah, like a launch pad, like I said. So then you're you feel like a pull rather than you're pushing, pushing, pushing. You you create some gravity behind your goals. Uh, you realize it's beyond yourself. I love that. And so uh, why don't we walk through your summer? Because as we mentioned it before, and I'm just pulling up the summer number. So we produced $455,000 worth of business in your, in your first summer. Just unbelievable. And, and just... You know, one of the things is, is it's, you just started strong and then just kept cracking it. So, you know, I, I'm just pulling up the numbers. So, you know, and there's, there's something about numbers. It's just, these are the facts. So the yeah. first week of going out canvassing, you got, you know, kind of a test week, 21 estimates, and then 164, and then 186, and then 66 and 67. Uh, and 77 and 47, it just, just unbelievable. So, so tell me about what was happening early on um, in generating that many leads and, and how you did that with your team. Yeah. So when student works first started, I set the big goal and I, I told multiple people about it. Some, some kind of didn't really believe that was going to happen and, and some definitely supported it. So that already, I already felt like, okay, I got to go hard, especially like I can't just postpone this. Like you said, you have to have the action. Um, yes. So door knocking right away, uh, long hours, about five hour shifts, um, and then enrolling others uh, that are motivated by either building more confidence and uh, communication. Or uh, I know one of my partners, uh, Jack, he actually was a, a painter for Mac the year before, and he was in London. He he didn't really like. He wasn't. He was more painter and less marketer. Uh, right. So he learned more about that, and he had great energy. So. All of us started very early and and uh, I made sure they were treated well. They had hand warmers when it got cold and had coffees and hot chocolates and bonuses and incentives. And then they genuinely just wanted to help. They loved the vision and they wanted to be part of it. So creating that and, and then staying super, super consistent, uh, not making any excuses on it's too cold or too hot. 
and, yeah. and finding, finding those guys, like both of them actually practice the Wim Hof method, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. So yeah. they they loved being cold. Like they, they, yeah. that was, <laughs> which is awesome. It. There's no complaining and we're all, we all realize that we're getting stronger through uh, marketing and through communicating. And we're also getting stronger in, in environmental, uh, like hormesis, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You're, you're, you're overcoming the elements. So yeah, everything was about just becoming better and it, it allowed yeah. us to keep going. And that's such a twist that obviously we use a lot here, right? Like, oh, things are really hard. Things are really difficult. And a lot of times that leads to people, oh, well, maybe we'll make some excuses. Maybe we won't work so hard. No, no, no. Things are getting hard. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> yes. This is yeah. so wonderful. This is going to test you. This is going to make you better. This is going to build your future, right? And that's that's how we think, right? And it, and it does, doesn't it? It really does. And it's not a it's not a game. It's true. If you look at the best athletes in the world, that's exactly what you're doing in the gym and putting yourself under stress and putting yourself under pressure. And yeah. then you're better and you're better and you're better. Yeah, exactly. So so I found I found others that had that similar mindset and share that belief of becoming better. Uh, so it wasn't like I had to you know, claw and punch at them to get out every day. They were already like out there. Sometimes they'd yes. be like, Hey, let's go, let's go. Uh, that was amazing. Um, and then I'm going to actually gonna jump back a bit. So before I even started marketing, I called, uh, this is just to help others maybe coming in for their first year. Yes. A bunch of vets called a, a, like as many vets as I could network with on LinkedIn and, and yeah. asked them, shared my goals and just spread it, spread it. Um, and they gave me advice. They shared what they could have done better and just made notes and, and really did that. So reached out to tons of vets, um, also rookies too, and just network that way. Yeah. Yeah, set the big goal, uh, and then also I actually I actually started painting. So I, I found other I, I looked for work as a painter. Um, so okay. I got my feet wet a bit, not using a student works brand. Obviously, I'm not yep. in the business yet, but just doing some small Kijiji ads, watching YouTube videos because you got to know how to paint, and you don't have to be the best painter, but you do got to know what kind of what you're talking about. Expertise sells. Uh, yep. So practicing that, uh, actually, Nick Fenn helped me out a lot. He gave me a lot of pointers, and I really really thank him for that. Um, and then, yeah, then, so then the marketing started, started strong and then just didn't let up, uh, didn't get overconfident when we had a hundred leads coming in or, uh, you know, uh, booking strong jobs in the beginning, I always thought, you know, complacency is, is death and, uh, and getting ahead of myself is, is death. So I just got to keep going and not really look at the numbers and just keep going, keep going. And then, uh, when the season's done, then I can kick my feet up for, you know, a day or so. <laughs> Love it. And, and thanks for, thanks for, uh, you know, offering, offering some people, some suggestions, you know, one of the best practices that first of all is used in this business, but used everywhere amongst top performers, they're in touch with other top performers or people who, you know, again, you weren't a top performer yet. You were in the process of becoming one. So you're talking to these top performers to find out what do I need to do? So you're in communication with them. Almost everyone answers the phone. Almost everyone wants to help out. That's what that's yeah. absolutely, especially in our community, you know, and, and they want to help. And then you're, you're again, creating a plan. Of course, Joe's, uh, Justin's uh, business coach. So everyone knows Joe Kim again, shout out Joe, shout out Nick Fenn, you I know, know, Joe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and they, they are, they are there to coach you and you're not just relying on them right? You're, you're, you're looking elsewhere, right? You're picking up other things. And then, th then for all our leaders listening, okay, here's, here's, um, Justin's, I guess, six or seven first weeks of sales, 25,000, 30,000, 20,000, 19,000, 26,000, 22,000. He had an off week, 8,500, then 49,700. Like th that was, and, and so basically at March 28th, over $200,000 booked. Unbelievable start. 
So what did you figure out about sales in, during that period of time? What was, what, was, what was working for you? Yeah, the trust is huge. So even though I didn't know much about painting necessarily, um, obviously I didn't share that with the clients uh, because yes. I knew learning the training is phenomenal that we will do, produce phenomenal work. So I had the confidence behind that. But showing up on time, if you're going to be 30 seconds, if you're going to be a minute late, you call them or let them know. Uh, be unreasonable with that. They're like, holy cow, Like he's giving me a call for being a minute late. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, offer them a coffee if it's the morning estimate. Show up, look nice. Don't overdress with a suit and tie. You don't want to make them feel like below you or too much or anything like that. But but dress nice, dress preppy. Um, you know, shirt tucked in. At least that's what I would do. And I would yeah. always have to smile and compliment their home. And it'd be genuine compliments. Like if they were were collecting uh, rolling pins, someone's collecting rolling pins. Like that's really cool. I've never seen that before. I'm not right. speaking on my butt and and talking like that. But I'm I'm just genuinely. Uh, giving compliments and, and creating a relationship first. Um, and then also when I'm quoting and when I'm asking questions, very specific questions, understanding what they want out of this project. Why are they changing the color to purple? Why purple? Like, right. what, how does the purple make them feel? Okay, yeah. that's awesome. Play on that. And then really make sure that they understand and you understand that you are the man for the job or the woman for the job and conveying that as you talk to them and, and really showing that your passion for this work and you know, a lot of other contractors, they might have passion, but they might not exhibit it as much. They're, they're going to get maybe a little complacent after doing painting for 40 years. Like yeah. it's nothing major for them, but looking at a house, like it's the first house, not the first house you ever painted, but it's just <laughs> the first house. Like, this is awesome. I'm so excited. Uh, and keeping that excitement uh, played a huge role. Um, I had a lot of people say they, they're so excited to work with me because of my energy that I brought. So I think that's a huge, a huge thing. And then speaking with conviction and then and asking and asking for the sale, like Absolutely. closing, closing yeah. properly and, and, and overcoming objections, not being afraid to to question things and and state why it's better for them to book now and save 10 percent and uh, how busy the season's going to get. Yes, um, which is a huge one for this year. Like if anyone that's pre booking this year, like that's a huge thing. We can go and start mm-hmm. knocking on doors now. And, yeah. you know, yeah. so uh, Justin, I've got this uh, economist here. I just show the picture. It's called the shortage economy. Economy, the the economist, like this this shortage that we're seeing in supply and services is here for a long time. You know, I don't know how long, but there's no question it's seeing its way into next year. And so, yeah. so there's going to be an enormous scarcity. I know we had some pool That's problems, scarcity. Justin. And uh, we, we were talking to our pool person. It looks like we're not going to need to replace our pool, the coating. There's a problem with the coating. And of course, we can't paint it or we'd have that solved, Justin. But um, <laughs> but you you literally, pools are sold out next year. You can't wow. buy a pool. So so it's just, this is what's in the consumer's mind and what's happening. So yeah. so So then we jump out to the next part of of a business and and by the way I know a lot of our alumni listen I know a lot of a lot of leaders listening so here were his first mid-may payroll and then moving on 30,000 48,000 44,000 49,000 60,000 58,000 uh in the in the late July those were those were the payrolls that that Justin was producing um which is the amount of money his team was producing every two weeks so tell me more about how you were enrolling your team, how you were, how many people were working with you to complete that type of business, Justin. Yeah, so started with the one crew, uh, had them go for about a week and a half, and then in, enrolled the second one, um, and then kind of kept that same type of structure. Started, I had to start some crews a bit faster going in just to make sure I wasn't postponing their work for so long because I did have some co-op students, mm-hmm. uh, meaning they needed to get a certain amount of hours in this season. 
So as I started Cruise, uh, made sure that they were very well trained and then promoted the one of the leaders from the first crew to production manager as he had most experience uh, and filled his spot. And then now I had a leader that could help manage multiple crews. So we had six crews going at the peak. We had seven at, at one point. That was for, I think, like two or three weeks. Um, but six crews was was kind of the main the main thing we had going. It did happen that I had to let the production manager go for certain reasons. Um, and then so that happened like pretty early on. So I did, I didn't have another manager. So I was managing the six crews. Um, but luckily I hired absolute studs that they were able to really hold their own and, and have proper communication. Um, so that made it easier for me. Uh, but yeah, so six crews going, I could have done better on next door neighbor marketing, which is if you anyone hearing this and you got six crews going, make sure they're knocking on doors after yes. after paying. That's something I'm going to really add in next year. Yeah. Cause, cause ultimately you could have produced more. Right. Yep. Like, you, you you know, there's no question you had more production capacity. So ultimately, that that was the limitation and is normally the limitation in our business. It's how yep. much we can produce. So so that's fantastic to see that opportunity. One of the things that you, you mentioned to me is co-op students. Tell me mm -hmm. more about co-op students and tell our tell our leaders more about co-op students and the opportunity to align with with uh, educational institutions. Yeah. And uh, I want to thank the government for this because they gave us that wonderful gift of CERB. So obviously you got to start looking other places uh, because some people are not going to be motivated by the money you're you're you know you're offering them because they have they can sit at home and get money. Right. Um, so, so looking for people that are motivated for experience and co-op is a great way to go. They they need a job to get hours to graduate, so they're working for you to graduate and pay them well, obviously. Uh, but the motivation isn't money, so that was definitely where I looked right away, understanding how CERB is happening. Uh, and that can be through co-op, there's other subsidy programs, there's, there's uh, I know in London, there's there's Pathways and Hutton House and some other ways that you can hire people that are really looking for experience um, to, to build their own career. Uh, so that's where I would channel and look towards. But yeah, so co-op was awesome. Just talked to, uh, actually knocked on the co-op coordinator's door and became their their co-op coordinator. So I got a bunch of resumes coming in from students yeah. that want to be part of a student business. It's a perfect uh, way to go, I believe. Absolutely. And it made a real difference to your business, didn't it? Like it was a significant uh, advantage. Yeah. Great advantage. Had great, great people. Um, yeah. Super happy. I'm going to do a big hiring spree this year with co-op. Fantastic. So, um, you know, a lot of times people look at this business and they think, oh, it's just all sorts of business students doing this program. So tell me about your educational background. Yeah. So uh, studying psychology, um, mostly because I was interested in, uh, in in the power of the mind and psychedelics and just things that are not really you, you coordinate with business. I didn't know how to read an accounting statement going into this. Mm -hmm. Like none. The books I would read, they would be on sales, uh, potential, stuff like that. But not about the nitty gritty, like analytic. I was never like that. I didn't do well in, in data uh, stati statistics. Um, I could have applied myself more, but wasn't very interested in that. More interested in right. people, um, in, uh, in, in mindset, et cetera. So if like someone's coming in or maybe you've been approached by a student works operator or vet and, uh, or DM, and they're thinking, oh, I don't know much about business. Great. That's awesome. Because some people actually claim that, you know, the business schools might not teach you everything you need to know to run a business. Because if you look at the profs, they're, they're profs. They're not business owners, typically. So yeah. you go to a place where there's just business owners. And I, I'm glad I didn't learn about business because I had a, I was like a sponge, like no prior knowledge, went into this and got real world experience right away. So it's actually more enticing 
distracting in my opinion for someone that's not in business uh because then right. they just get like just blasted right into the the culture of running your own business absolutely so, absolutely so yeah. yeah and we've we 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 have a, an enormous number of non-business students doing the program. I'm another one. I know our previous all-time record holder, Amr Abu Chakra, was also a philosophy student. Yeah. So, so it's 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 not a limitation. Uh, yeah. And on the other hand, yes, you know, uh, I, I think always as well. One thing that's always recognized is is that of course those skill sets are needed. Of course that you know that team members needed. And and again, we always operate best in teams. Somebody's yeah. really good at this. Somebody's really good at this. And so, so, you know, mindset, I know a big part of your success has been mindset. I know one of the things that we do in our business is we'll regularly have our top performers share about best practices and things that they're getting to, and try to provide value. I know that's one thing you shared consistently uh, last year. So what, what, what sort of mindset ideas do you have for your team? Yeah. So I read Think and Grow Rich. Um, yes. And I read that multiple times. And really what it says is, is state a specific goal, have that specific uh, like purpose or desire. Um, so my purpose was to, and my desire was to run, I first was run a $300,000 business, uh, break the London record and the, and the rookie record. I made my, like my passwords, they obviously they're changed now, but I did make my passwords. I set the London record. That was my password. Right. So I take it in all the time. I said, London record. I said, any, anything I want on my ceiling, I have, I have my goals you know, tacked on my ceiling. So every time I wake up, I see my hairy goals that are right in front of my face. Awesome. I have a vision board with pictures of things that I'm going to achieve in my near future. Changing my language. So as you just heard, I said things I'm going to achieve, not things I hope to achieve yes. or things I might. So speaking like with conviction in myself um, and then instead of music, uh, like listening to podcasts and, and audiobooks that are about success and it, achieving things and it's really cultivating environment like the, your mind is a soil so so before you want to plant the seeds make sure the soil is healthy yeah and then you can plant those seeds of the goals and and with action like you say uh watering those seeds they're going to come into fruition um so that was a big thing also telling people about my goals was huge um and then practicing things outside of the business so before student works i ran a lot i did uh, i did a marathon then i did a ultra marathon and actually during the ultra marathon i i I made an intention that this is how I'm going to run my business, the way I run this marathon. And when I was, I was very ahead, uh, probably by half an hour. And I remember thinking like, what would I do if I'm really ahead in my business? I'm going to hit the, I'm going to hit the gas. I'm going to go faster because you got to, now you're against yourself and you always are against yourself. Yes. Uh, so that was a big thing, really push myself harder and harder uh, to create the separation, create even a bigger gap during the run. And, and it did reflect in the business. However, the, the operators crushed it. They all, we all crushed it. I'm not trying to say like I was no. trying to gap, but no. uh, realizing you're, you're against yourself the whole time. So don't let up just because of where you, where you stand in a certain hierarchy or ranking. Um, so that all that played into it. Um, and then also the Wim Hof method. Well, so, hold off there. Hold off there. Okay, just, okay. Uh, so, so that's so much there. And I just love it. You know, one of the things, again, it's, 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 there's no winners and losers, right? It's, that's just not what it is. You know, you know, yes, Justin broke the all-time rookie record. Justin did fantastic. And all that's about to me, my life is about becoming the biggest tree I can be contributing the most I can in the world, being the best father, being the best partner, being the best head coach, right? And, and that that only can be judged by me. I can only be the best Chris Thompson I can be. And that's what Justin's pointing to. And what that does is it releases so much 
potentially negative energy, right? Like Justin's putting it out there and he's only sharing, I'm sure you're only sharing with people who actually believed in you a lot of times, right? It's not like you're sharing with people who are going to get frightened by your goals or intimidated by your goals or say, no, Justin, you can't do that or, or make, make it feel badly for them. Right. So it's, it's, you're also watching about those when you're, when you're, when you're sharing your goals, I'm sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes huge sense. And I had times where, where people were saying, you know, maybe you should dial it back a bit. Like, you okay. know, but uh, the thing is, is having thick skin and understanding, okay, that's no problem. Like they have their own opinions. I have my opinion and I'm going to listen to my opinion for the goals that I want to achieve. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. definitely catering towards other people that are sharing similar beliefs where I would share mine. Was helpful. Yeah. yeah. And, and as well, as I understand, you moved your goal twice. Yes. Right. Yes. So, so maybe you could talk about that. Like what happened there? Yeah. So 300, like the goal was to break the rookie record. Um, and then that it wasn't broken because I didn't produce it yet, but I did have the sales done, I think by March ish. Yeah. Um, so, so then I was like, okay, obviously we're going to up it, um, and take advantage of this amazing market and take advantage of the amazing team and the coaches that I have available. Um, and then we upped it to three and then upped it to four and then, five i didn't have the belief there so i didn't put okay. it at five okay and again it's like you aim big uh i should have put a five 450 had some limiting beliefs so 450 was what i set it at and then that's where we ended up yeah 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 no and and by the way as well one of the one of, and i'll talk more about this before the end of the season but compassion and courage it's like there's courage you're like that's what you're showing to go set these big goals but there's also some compassion if I don't hit it. It's okay, leaders, when we set goals and we don't hit it. It's okay because we can give compassion to ourselves. And 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 all we're doing is, is just speaking out in the world and let's go run after it, right? It doesn't mean, oh, all of a sudden we're bad because we didn't hit the goal. No, no, no. That's not how it works. Yeah, I definitely felt a little bit that way when I was like, thought about the 500. And then I reflected on, on who I've become in this process. Yeah. The the lives that I've influenced and I've been able to to give you influenced by throughout this, and just gra- gratitude. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, like if I saw my my nephew when he's older running a business and says I'm going to do 500 and he does 200, would I be mad at him? No, yes. so yeah. out of yourself, right? As long <laughs> yes. as you're putting the effort in, even if you didn't put the effort in, and you maybe you didn't have the season you wanted to have. Great, learn from it, and uh, you know, there's always there's always tomorrow. And if there's not tomorrow, then, you know, we got to be grateful for today. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. So, yes, I, I do want to talk about the Winhoff method. So, yes, you're yeah, Winhoff so, instructor. So let's let's dig in. Yeah. So <laughs> Wim Hof, um, he is from the Netherlands. Uh, he is a Dutch daredevil. They call him 26 world records for enduring cold climates. Like he hiked Mount Everest path, past the death point uh, with his shorts on, no shirt. He ran, he ran a marathon or half marathon around the Arctic circle barefoot, just like crazy things that he's done. And really what, what got him to that point of doing these crazy feats, one, he lost his wife. Um, so that, that gave him this huge, huge uh, incentive to, to show people that cause she, he lost his wife to, um, to suicide, uh, with mental illness. Uh-huh. And his whole thing was showing how strong the mind is, how it can overcome right things and he used the cold as a vehicle to demonstrate the power of the mind and he would do these crazy feats not for the glory i'm sure that might have had a a seed in there but a lot of it was for just demonstrating what we're capable of as humans showing our potential uh and reconnecting with nature and and loving nature for all of its elements not just you know when it's sunny out and you can wear yes 
so he actually started by jumping in a pond when he was around my age. Uh, and, uh, cause he, he just, it called him, called to him, this cold pond, just, he just said he had this feeling <laughs> of jumping in kind of like when Spider-Man got bit by the spider just happened. He realizes there's uh there's something powerful about the cold. It, it, it made him very present just as you yes. imagine flash with cold water, you become, you're right there right now. You're there. It's got him out of his head. So he realized though, he couldn't, he couldn't stay in the cold long cause his breath would hyperventilate. So he started practicing breathing methods that the Buddhists would do called tumo breathing to where they could generate their own body heat. So pairing this breath work, he started, uh, and then the cold exposure, he was able to last longer in the cold, which strengthened his mind and also strengthened, uh, with once the science started seeing, cause they start, they start studying this guy, um, that he's strengthening his circulatory system, strengthening his, um, immune system and all these other areas just by, by, like overcoming and adapting to, to harsher environments. Um, and that's what I love. The whole idea is, is about seeking discomfort and um, impact, not impact theory. I think it was yes theory or some type of, I think it's yes theory. They did a, this documentary on them. So you could find it on YouTube and yeah. they're all about seeking discomfort. So that really stood out to me when I saw all of this on YouTube and I practiced this breathing method. Uh, when I first did the breathing method, again, you can find it on YouTube or reach out to me on on how to do it. Um, I held my breath for four minutes, which sounds not even real, but it, it definitely is real. And uh, yeah. it's hyperventilate, you blow out a lot of CO2 and you can hold your breath. Anyway, that was like, I, when I did that, I was like, holy cow, what is this thing? So then I bought a chest freezer, filled it with water, plugged it in, and then started doing daily ice plunges in this in my chest freezer. Um, and that was a way for me to, to kind of, I didn't know at the time, but I was really initiating myself into adulthood, uh, right. you know, back in the day I know from Sparta, like, like where, where my blood's from, they had an initiatory events and a lot of tribal cultures initiate from boy to man, from, 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 uh, a girl to woman. And that was my thing. So, yeah. you know, reconnect with nature and, and that, that was awesome. And I'm really glad I found that. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I, I know we, we were talking, uh, uh, earlier and I was uh, I was telling you about the mankind project and one of the things they do they have this one of their experiences a cold water experience as well it's initiation process and it's mm-hmm. there's there's something as well again being brought to the present and you know again when when we really think again about top performers it's about they're being present you can't go and play and again I, I I bring this to sport because it's so much easier for people to see this you can't go and play an elite sport and not be hundred percent present or someone's going to beat you and they're going up, going down the field or going down the court. And, and it's, it, you're, you're just not going to do it. Well, guess what? That's, that's the same way in, in life as a, as a, as a leader, you know, are we a hundred percent present? Are we a hundred percent watching and leading and present to make an impact with our customers or our teams, right? It's the same, yeah. same thing. Yeah, for sure. And, and also practicing the cold exposure helped me uh, control my reactions better, um, uh. which which kind of is, it's a stoic practice and of, of not letting external circumstances uh, kind of influence how you respond. Um, so I know Viktor Frankl in one of his books, uh, I think it's Man's Search for Meeting, he says between between stimulus and response, there's a space. Yes. Um, so, so the cold, for instance, the cold is the stimulus and I could respond right away and hyperventilate and shake and jump out, but I there is a little space before that reaction. And that space, I, I, I use the cold to train because uh, that's a space where I can choose my response. So by practicing that, I became way more mindful of my my body language, my posture, how I'm breathing, how I'm showing up. Uh, am I getting defensive right away if someone says something? 
I'm, I'm learning how to adapt in this space between the stimulus and the response. And that's huge for a business. That's huge for doing quote and meeting a client and talking to who we, we might see as this very successful adult and you're at their expensive home. You're about to paint it and yeah. you're against, you know, you could be stressed out or you don't want to, you don't want to portray that. So you want to make sure you can develop this uh, gap between how you uh, respond to your stress. And even just doing a cold shower, turning it cold at the end is a great way to start. And just begin to train your body that, that way. And that played a huge role in my business for, because as when you're on a big business, you have a lot of conflict that can come up and, and yes. all of in conversations that need to be had. Uh, so having kind of a thick skin and a way to um, respond is, is very, very key. Yeah. 100%. Isn't it so true? Like, you know, again, it's, it's the stimulus response thing. I don't think is as as necessary in the sales process, except when we're starting, because good yep. chance, like you said, there may be that intimidation process, but sure. after a while, but, but in the, you know, in the, in the conflict of, you know, disagreeing over things and how do I, how do I manage that? And how do I not get defensive? And how do I, how do I, you know, stay in the moment? And I know both of us are fans of of Marcus Aurelius and Stoicism. I know, I know. I, I just bought a a book, and and my, and my wife uh, uh, Helen and our CEO, she 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 took a picture of it and sent it out on the gram. You know, making fun of me. Here's what my husband reads at night. Um, but and and so, but but I know I I looked at your uh, I, I looked at your Instagram. Oh, sorry, your LinkedIn. It says you have power over your mind, not outside events realize this and you will find strength the quote of marcus aurelius there you go that's yeah. super respectable that's the that's the book you just got i love that i love how you're always learning regardless you know yeah it's you're always learning it's 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 so true and when you really recognize is is that the more you learn the more you understand there is to learn like there's just so much to learn like that's one thing like i think quite quite often you know uh you, you know, I know there are definite times in my life where I thought I knew so much more than I know now, you know, and, and then now I just see the, 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 it's so much broader of what I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. I was actually just listening to the weekly call, uh, which yeah. for, for other operators coming into this business, check out the weekly call. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's three, three other operators or former operators that have absolutely crushed in the business and have a call every week and share their thoughts about painting business. It's about life, about reading, like what books they're reading. Uh, John, John is an absolute stud out in Kelowna, BC. He shared, and he reads tons of books. And he yeah. shared that the more he reads, the more he realizes he doesn't know shit. Exactly. And, and that's that's what I realized too. And I think any any reader realizes that, and it creates this hunger. So yeah, to keep keep learning and keep going down that path. So what about this next year, Justin? What do you what are you up to? What are you looking to create? Yeah, I'm looking to create an amazing culture. I'm looking to create an absolute phenomenal team of leaders that I could practice and delegate to and, and coach uh, and really and really have a stronger leadership um, leadership role in the business. I'm also looking to really value my employees more than I did. I, I'm not saying I didn't value them, but I like they are the bread and butter of the business. Like, yeah, there's you can never go too far in treating them well. So really making sure that I got my mindset on on events and, and culture. Uh, because I know that with that comes a profitable and a prosperable business. However, the goal is a million dollars, which is a nice, big, hairy goal. If there's yeah. anything by that, uh, I wouldn't, it wouldn't scare me enough. So that the goal definitely scares me. And however, it's, it, there is there, I do have seeds of belief that is possible. Uh, I'm not going to say I have fully hundred percent belief that it's going to be done because that means the goal is too small, but yeah. I do, 
I do believe that is, it is possible with the proper team and the proper work. Um, so that is the goal. Uh, and I'm very excited to go crush oh, it. So, so love it. So love it. I, I know I, I, uh, Gary Keller of Keller Williams, uh, you know, Jamie Lee Mitchell has been on the, uh, the podcast and, and he is the, you know, leading real estate, uh, I think it's the leading real estate organization in the world. And and Gary talks about goals a lot differently how I used to understand goals. Goals are 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 just about, like you said earlier, make who do, who are you becoming by setting this goal? And mm-hmm. and and he says he's a billionaire, by the way. Gary's hardly ever hit any of his goals. You go, how's that? Because once he's about to hit the goal, he moves the goal and then he keeps moving the goalposts. And, and, and so, so setting things so, so challenging that this is going to be really challenging. That's so exciting to see what you're up to. It's exciting. And, and when you set a big goal, people want to be involved. Yeah. When you, when you set a goal for a big business, you invite big people in. So yeah, uh, I know I had a call with a few other operators and they were sharing their goals. And I, I, you know, I shared the thought of why, why 90,000, why not a hundred, why not go to Jamaica or Mexico? Yeah. Right? I'm not sure if the, if the, if the business will be more next year, yeah. but uh, you know, like we, we, we're all, we all have something in us. We all have potential. We can all shine. And I think so sometimes in our culture, maybe society, we want to dim the light and, yeah. and not stand out because it's easier to sit down and, and fit in. But I think, you know, set those big goals and, and, and just try to believe, try, because what's the worst that could happen? You run, you know, you run a bit less than your huge goal, but when rent did way more than your previous one, that's yeah. awesome. Even if you don't do it, it's like, shoot for it. Come on. We're not going to be on this world for that long. Let's, let's shoot. Let's play. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it also speaks to, you know, just, just, I know you've got a, a great group that you hang out with. Uh, you know, maybe you can talk to that, like just the, the group of people that you've brought into your life to support you. Yeah. So I, I live in what we call the hustle house. No, we'd actually don't talk about that now. <laughs> uh, with uh, Mark Shelley, with Broder Curry. Uh, he Broder Curry's an operator. He's, he actually ran uh, window cleaning. I'll talk about him in a second. Uh, Matt Travis, he's he's creating his own startup company and app. Uh, he's an awesome guy. And then Nick Fenn. Uh, and then also my, my girlfriend, Maria. So just a house full of absolute phenomenal people. Nick Fenn is, is such a reliable friend. He is, he taught me so much and he's always had my back. Uh, so really, really grateful for to live with Nick. Matt's continually supporting my business, motivating me. Same with Mark. Mark's training me in the gym, making sure my body's right. I'm not slipping up on that. Uh, and then Broder, I know Broder and I, we connected before our first year in student works and, uh, and we both discussed cause we, we used to coach football together. And so we just reconnected after I heard that he was doing student works too. And, uh, we, we had the idea, like, let's name our business. I'm going to name mine. My, like, I'm going to brand myself as 519 painters. He did 519 windows. And it's like, let's, let's do this together. Let's move in together and let's both break the record. Let's go hard on this. And, and right. it's exactly what happened, uh, which is awesome to see, but yeah, just absolutely a phenomenal house to be part of. And, um, I'm really happy to have this opportunity to live here. Fantastic. Fantastic. And and just to share Broder, Broder did $200,000 in window cleaning services his first year. So broke the, broke the record by a hundred thousand. So really, really exciting. And his podcast was a little bit earlier in the season. So you could listen to that. So, yeah, so, you know, anything you'd like to share with the young leaders on the podcast? Yeah. So, you know, like, like Tony Robbins says, uh, where your I think it's where your attention goes, your, yes. your energy flows, yeah. um, or energy flows. And, and really what that means is like what you focus on 
it's it's going to become more prevalent in your life. And right now there is a war for your attention, whether it's Instagram or Netflix, social media, yeah. uh, partying, uh, especially with things opening back up. It's enticing to you know go out, which is awesome. Go have fun, but but realize that if you're paying more attention to your Instagram than you are to your goals, it, it's you're probably not going to achieve those those goals. And if they're actually big, solid goals, you look at your screen time on your phone. Are you looking? Are you marketing that long a week? Hopefully, you know, how many hours is watching Netflix? So I think that's a big thing to start to look at. You know, would you rather watch someone else on Netflix, you know, maybe prosper or would you want to see yourself do it? Like you are the hero of your own story. And, and it's, it's easy to say, and it's easy to, to, you know, kind of hope that for, for a week or so, and then maybe the motivation will die out, but you are literally the hero of your story. Like you could be the one that, that changes your whole family's trajectory uh, and your lineage. Like if your grandfather was, you know, back in the day when your grandfather maybe migrated from a different country. I know my grandfather, my papu, he came from Greece and to London to, to create opportunity for his family. He would not have sacrificed such amazing opportunity of student works to put it to the side and then put your pleasures first. So I think again, like really realize that this is a huge opportunity and it's going to take some sacrifice, but it will be worth it in the end. And, you know, put your attention on your business, put your attention on your fitness and, and all things that are are, are good and, and true and, and are healthy. Uh, you know, there's 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 times for vices. However, if the vices are outweighing the, you know, the, your 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 goals, you really got to look at that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's it's just so true. Uh, seeing that bigger vision of you. Right. Yeah. And and by the way, Justin, like there really is something I think that's something that that you've done really well of of really being willing to see your light, right? Like most people aren't willing to really see their light, really see what's possible in the world for them. Okay. And, and, and again, there's lots of, you know, well, you know, it, you've studied psychology. So have I, so there's lots of reasons why this is hard for us humans and it's there for us. It's there for us. If we concentrate on it, if we, if we, if we create a, a, a good brand of band of people, who we can hang with and who are also trying to see their light and then go again, do the necessary actions to, to, to make their life work real well. hundred percent, hundred percent. So final question, when you think of a leader tomorrow, what do you think of Justin? I think of a leader of tomorrow is someone that, that doesn't compromise on their principles, their values, their morals. They'll stand up and stand out rather than sit down and fit in. Uh, they'll lead through action and compassion. Um, and, cre- and create a more of a pull environment rather than a push environment. I really believe that a leader, it, it's, it's, it's going to need to take risks, whether it's financial mm-hmm. risk, but also, again, like you said, like risks to just shine yeah. uh, and allow yourself to shine. We're all, we all have God-given gifts and, and really demonstrating that and not being afraid to stand out, uh, I think is, is a great, is a great leader and what I'm working towards. Well, fantastic, Justin. I know one of the things I, I I like to recognize and acknowledge, you know, all of our operators, of course, but even more our our record holders. And 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 again, because every time we see someone set a big record, it has all sorts of people just charge towards that record. A number of years ago, a guy by the name of Marnus Kutsi, who I saw on the weekend at a wedding, uh, there are about thirty five student works people at, which was unbelievable, but. Marnus moved the record, I think, from, you know, 250 to 310. And it seemed like, oh, wow, like that's just so much. Like, like it's going to take a while till someone breaks that. You know, um, Amir 
broke it in a year and went to 500. And then just, you know, this, this past year, Mac Mercier did 600. And so, so I know you moving it to 450 is going to have all sorts of people running at it. Now, again, who knows when they're going to break it, but, but what it does is it's, this is possible. Let's go and do this, you know, and, and, and if, if Justin can do it and Justin wants to support others in doing it, Right. You want, yeah. hey, oh, yeah. Justin will take phone calls. Justin is going to be at the front of the room and he's going to be coaching people. So so I just want to put that out there. And 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 again, uh, you know, congratulations on an outstanding season. And thanks for being such a role model of what this program can create. Thank you for being in such a role model as well. And thanks for taking the time to, to do this podcast. It's it, such a huge help. I remember hearing about this before I started student works and was listening in. So again, it's such an honor to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. My friend, we'll talk soon. Okay. All keep right. crushing it. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Hey leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.